Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker, All the Games. This is episode 40, where we will discuss Archie 2.0. I'm your host, Sean, recording from the Northeast of the United States, along with co-host Martin, who joins us from Malta. Martin and I have a few things in common. We enjoy mixed poker games. Each of us has written a book on mixed game poker, and we also enjoy trying new beers. So you'll be hearing something about all of these topics in each episode. We'll begin by starting off today's show as we do each episode with me reviewing a beer from the United States and Martin reviewing one from Europe. So sit back, grab a beer, as long as you're not driving, and enjoy our beer review and subsequent discussion of mixed poker games. Today, I'm pouring a beer from New Trail Brewing Company in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, called Zombies Are People Too. <laughs> this is a pumpkin ale appropriate for the fall season with Thanksgiving approaching in the United States. To be honest, I'm not a big fan of a lot of these names of the craft beers, you know, zombies are people too, for example. They're simply, it's too much to remember when ordering the bartenders, you know, you, you're just trying to get a beer. It's a lot to yeah. say. And it provides no indication of the actual beer you're drinking. Like what does zombies are people too have anything to do with a pumpkin ale? I don't know. I guess Halloween. Okay. All right. Now that I'm talking about it, but still, it's just a mouthful. I'd rather have beer in my mouth. So anyway, when I go through these beer reviews, a lot of times you'll hear me um, discuss a beer with reference to its style. So anyhow, let's have a smell. All right. Well, not unusual. I'm getting hints of cinnamon and nutmeg in the smell. Let's have a look. This beer pours uh, slightly hazy with a medium brown amber color and a decent, uh, a decent head of foam. Now for the best part, let's have a taste. I'm getting those typical pumpkin pie spices of cinnamon and nutmeg following the nose very closely. There's a a medium body with a bit of a light mouthfeel, medium carbonation. The flavors aren't overpowering, which I actually find nice. There's too many pumpkin beers and flavored beer in general have an overpowering amount of spice and flavor. And I like the moderation in this one. All in all, New Trail Brewing's Zombies Are People 2 Pumpkin Ale comes in at 5.7% ABV, and it can be summed up as a smooth pumpkin ale that'll fit in nicely with the fall weather and holiday meals. And I'm thinking a slice of pumpkin pie with whipped cream would complement this nicely. All right, I'm going to sit back and continue to enjoy this one dreaming of the upcoming holiday season while Martin describes what beer he has for us. Right. Well, today I've got a beer from England, um, Hobgoblin IPA from Whitewood Brewery 
in England. Uh, Hobgoblin has a, has a lovely range of beers. Character is with lots of flavour. So I haven't tried this one before, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and again, I think it's probably slightly more light, but again, a brown amber colour to it with uh, plenty of carbonation in there and a, and a thin head of foam. It smells very fruity, that, that unmistakable IPA smell to it. Let's have a taste. Yeah. Bursting with flavour. As I said, Hobgoblin's beers tend to be tend to be very flavourful. We've got uh, definitely zesty oranges in there, maybe some grapefruit. Um, yeah, lovely bitterness to it. Nice beer. Cheers, Sean. Salute, Martin. 5% ABV. That's an yes. important important point uh, criterion to, to mention, of course, when, when discussing beers. So I, I didn't want to forget that. <laughs> Nicole, yes, yes. So you have five, I have 5.7. We're, we're, we're very close and neither one of us uh, is too crazy. So we're going to have to find another reason when we when we mess something up or, or get a little <laughs> crazy later in the episode, we're going to have to point to some other re excuse. I mean, reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think about that one. <laughs> yes, yes. While, while I give some more intro here, you can uh, start jotting some reasons down, Martin. Remember that our focus here is non-hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to try different variations of poker, whether you're a dealer, a player, or card room manager. We define the rules, the play, and easy to remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. You can consider this Sean and Martin's rules of mixed poker games. Today's episode will be covering Archie 2.0. Martin, why don't you walk us through the play deal and rules of Archie 2.0? Yes, Sean, Archie 2.0. Um, we first came together on this podcast at episode number 23, Sean, where we discussed Archie. And this is obviously a, a variant of that excellent game. Archie and Archie 2.0 are both triple draw games. And it's at showdown where the difference occurs, as you will see. But first of all, I'll talk about the deal and the play. Play starts with the two players to the left of the dealer button posting blind bets. And it will be played fixed limit. I think it's it would be too crazy a game to play pot limit or no limit. So after the blinds are posted, the dealer will give each player five cards. They come face down, they come one at a time, and it starts with the person to the left of the dealer button. So when the five cards have been delivered to each player, the round of betting starts with the person to the left of the big blind, and they can call, fold, or raise as usual. And when, when everybody's gone, gone through that process and the people that stay in the hand have invested the same amount of chips, we go to the first draw. The dealer will burn the card, the top card from the deck and uh, each player will pick out however many want, cards they want to change from their hand, from one up to five or even possibly zero. Um, and the dealer will replace those cards with the, the matching number of cards. Once that process is completed, there's a second round of betting. And this is still at the low, the small bet level. The first two rounds are at the small bet level. 
After the bet betting round, there's a second draw. The dealer will burn a card. And again, the players pick out the cards they don't want. to So they'll discard them and have them replaced by the dealer. After that second draw, there's a third round of betting, which is now at the doubled size, the big bet size. Um, after which there's a third and final chance to change cards. So again, the dealer burns a card and the players select the cards they don't want to keep, throw them away, the dealer replaced with an equal number of cards. After which there's a final round of betting again at the big bet size. Just one note to say with a triple draw game like this, sometimes the, the, the deck will run out, the, the, play, the dealer will run out of cards in the deck. And if that's the case, they take the muck, but not from any players that are still to put their discards out on that round. So the dealer will take the muck consisting of the players that have been previously, sorry, the cards that have been previously discarded, reshuffle, and then continue using this fresh deck that's been, that's comprises of the mucked cards. So uh, we've got the third draw. We've got the last betting round. We now get to showdown. In RG 2.0, the pot is split potentially three ways. There's always a high poker hand. So looking at the five cards you have in your hand, that is a poker hand. Whoever has the best poker hand takes that portion of the pot. The second potential portion of the pot is high points. So like the last episode we talked about, Svitin 49, this is the points comprised of the basically the pips on the cards. So tens are worth 10 points, nines, nine points, aces, one point, jacks, queens, and kings are all zero points. So you need the highest points possible, but there's a qualifier. You have to have at least 35 points to qualify. So potentially that pot is awarded as well. But if nobody has more than 35 points, there won't be a qualifier for that pot. And there'll be potentially only two pots. We come now to the third potential pot. That's low points. So as I said, jacks, queens and kings are all zero points. They're good for that portion of the pot. Uh, you need 10 or less to qualify for the low point total. Um, so jacks, queens and kings are all zero. Aces are one. So they're all good cards for that. And if you have a 10... You're unlikely to qualify. So, yeah, potentially three parts. A high poker hand, a high point hand, and a low point hand. Usually there's at least two pots. Quite often there are three pots. So uh, that's the game of Archie 2.0. Any questions, Sean? Yeah, just to highlight, uh, make sure we all understand, and to highlight some of the differences. And I do have a little tear in my eye, Martin. You mentioned the first episode we... Um, hosted together <laughs> uh, episode 23 Archie and now we're uh, you know almost a year later not quite but uh, and doing Archie 2.0 um, yeah so now that that <laughs> memory ha has come and gone uh, so the difference so Archie in straight Archie which again you can <clears throat> listen to in episode 23 there are there's just two there's a high and a low and both have a qualifier, correct? The high and the low in that game, just Archie. That's correct, yes. Okay. And then the difference between Archie 2.0 and 
is that there are potential three winners, three pots. Um, the high hand does not have a qualifier, but the other, the high um, poker hand, but then the points side has a qualifier for low and high, low points, um, 10 or less, and high 35 points are more. Is that all correct? That's all correct, yes. Okay. So, yeah, a, a few differences, a little more different than I thought it it might be, um, in a, but I guess that's why we go to a 2.0 version rather than like Archie 1.1 might be a small difference, but this is a, a <laughs> kind of a major change. So we go to, we, we up the version number by a, a whole integer. Yeah, good point. Okay. I think, yeah, that's it as far as um, questions the, the, that go with the sort of the rules of the deal and, and play. Um, do you have some beginner's tips uh, to get us started? Because this is a bit of a different game. Like you said, it does follow the points um, totals as we talked about in last week's episode, but uh, but it's a little little different. So maybe uh, some strategy to get us started. Yeah, sure. Now, the first point, uh, don't be the mug paying off too loosely. Um, I mean, if you have 10 points in your hand, yeah, it qualifies, but only just. If you have 35 points in your hand, it qualifies, but only just. Bear in mind that this is a triple draw game, so there is going to be a stronger showdown value. For it, 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 it's reminiscent of the uh, difference between Duke to seven triple draw and Duke to seven single draw, where in single draw, quite often pots are won by uh, 10 or a jack low. Uh, but with Duke to seven triple draw, you're looking for usually usually an eight wins or better, sometimes a nine wins, but rarely does a 10 or jack win. Um, so you're looking to try to get more nutted. So if you end up paying off bets in the late streets when you have, you know, eight, nine, 10 points for low points or 36, 37 points for the high points, you're not likely to do very well in the long run. Um Another tip is to try to go for two-thirds of the pot. So even if you have a decent points total or a decent low points total, try to also combine that with a poker hand that can win. So, for example, a 10-high straight can be a good hand in this game. Uh, it being now... Uh, 32. That's 39 points. Is it 10, 9, 8, 7, 6? 6, yes, 39 points. And it's also a 10 high straight. It's never, a, you know, if, if you play that hand, get that hand and play it and still lose, don't come to me for a refund because, you know, unless you're holding the nuts of any poker hand ever, you can never be sure that you're not second best. But uh, that's an example of a good hand to go for where you're hoping to win two thirds of the pot rather than just one third. And, on, and similarly, if you're going for low points, you say if you have a couple of kings, a couple of queens, that, that can possibly win the poker hand as well as having a low total for the um, for the points. Uh, two kings, two queens and a jack, maybe zero points. You have the nuts for the low points and you can also hope to win the high points. Um 
Just as a side note at this point, I first heard about this game when I read a hand history on a Mixed Games Facebook group of somebody who had folded correctly three kings and one point in a four-way pot. In this hand, there was a 45-point high point hand and a zero-point low point hand, as well as an aces full poker hand. So I think it's amazing to fold three kings and only one point in this game, in a fixed-limit game, because... You know, quite often there's going to be multiple players going for the same side of the pot, and and it's just, it's only one more bet or or whatever. But uh, yeah, somebody made a fantastic laydown with one point and three kings. Um, his last tip is watch your opponents because some opponents tend to repeatedly go for low and some low points, and some repeatedly go for high points. Um, you know, if you can, uh, if you can be very nutted towards the side that they favour, then you can maybe win a big pot from them. Um, obviously, also look out for the number of cards they're drawing. If they keep going with two cards or more, especially after the from the second draw onwards, they're probably quite loose of a player and. Uh, that's a good person to have at your table. So try to get involved in pots with that person. Um, so yeah, from your from the point of view of yourself as a player, uh, dear listener, try not to be drawing too many cards, especially after the first first draw. Maybe you know if you're not paid too much to get to the first draw, you can draw two or three cards if you're very nutted with the two cards or three cards that you keep. But don't hang around if you don't improve quickly. Okay, does that make sense, Sean? Yes, a lot of a lot of good strategy tips there. Thank you, Martin. And for those of you who listen to this podcast, and for those of you who don't, you should. Um, if you listen to a bunch of the podcasts from this year with Martin in them, you'll hear how well he does at mixed games. So it would be wise to fire up these podcasts and listen to his uh, strategy tips for sure. I do have a couple of uh, things to bring up as far as strategy. So it sounds like, uh, I don't know if you can confirm or deny this, Martin, this isn't necessarily a game to try to be tricky in. You know, a lot of these games, people are trying to bluff and pull fancy moves. Uh, this doesn't sound like one of those games. I fully agree, Sean. Um, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money for certainly trying to bluff too often in games like this you really need to work out where you are as far as value is concerned and make the bets when you think you'll be paid off by worse or the thing I said about trying to win two thirds of the pot if you can make the bets when you feel confident that you are taking two thirds of the pot and your opponent's taking one third maximum then, uh, then you won't go too far wrong if you stick to that strategy yeah, there should be no very, very little of a, if anything, of a bluffing range in this game, especially on the later streets. Yeah, good. Yeah, I find, you know, you find in Hold'em a lot, people try to get a little too fancy and uh, it, it can be tough in a lot of mixed games to try to carry that over. And I think people try to bluff too much in Hold'em, but that's a, a, a topic for another po a different podcast than a mixed game one. Um, for another time. So 
I do like your comparison between this and No Limit Single Draw and Deuce to Seven Triple Draw because though they are both um, Deuce to Seven games and they are drawing games, the difference between one draw and three draws is is quite large. There's there's a lot more chance, as you mentioned, to make a hand with three draws as compared to one draw, and so I do think that's an important thing to keep in mind in um, in a triple draw game that. If you see somebody drawing three times, uh, you may be ahead to start, but there's a decent chance that they can catch up and uh, and go ahead of you. So very important to keep that in mind. The last thing I think I have to bring up here is we always mention in mixed games, it's important to scoop hands. With this game, you can't scoop three sides, right? Because you can't possibly have 35 plus points or 10 or less to qualify for the high and the low of that side. But you could scoop if there, because there are qualifiers, you could still scoop if someone doesn't qualify for one or the other. So I think it's important to keep in mind what Martin said, think about um, scooping two thirds and you might kind of just, you know, sort of luck out and, and maybe somebody doesn't qualify on that third for that third uh, portion of the pot and you might scoop the entirety of it. Indeed. There's actually um, something else that occasionally happens in this game is that the low points are split again. So you might win five sixths <laughs> against somebody else who also has zero points. Two of you have zero points, but yours is a full house and theirs is trips or two pairs or something. Like you have king, 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 queen, queen. They have jack, jack, queen, queen, king. And nobody qualifies to the high high pot. You you can get five sixths that way. Oh, sorry, no, that would be three quarters. If somebody just qualified for the high pot, you would get fifty percent because you get a third plus a half of a third. <laughs> yeah, so a little, you know, some similarities to yeah to Omaha there. A way, you know, where you could. You know, one person wins the high half of the pot and then two people, you know, say, for example, both have ace deuce um, for the for for a nut low, uh, assuming neither one of those yeah. paired. Let's just get, get yeah, that's that. the principle. where you're yeah. getting. Yeah, where you're getting quartered. So you could get. Um, yeah, I guess. Would that be a sixth year potentially? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the person with the with the zero points total can be sitting there. Confident that they've got the nuts and end up with one sixth of the pot, <laughs> and and losing money. <laughs> you know, you indeed, can, yeah. You, you've yeah. won part of the pot, but you've actually lost overall. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, you need seven players to go. Middle. Exactly. Yeah, you need seven players to go to showdown to uh, to make one sixth of the pot profitable. <laughs> That's not going right, to happen. Right. So some quick public math there from, uh, from Martin <laughs> and I. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. It sounds like uh sounds like an interesting game. A nice follow-up from last week's episode with the uh the pips, you know, counting the uh, pips for for points. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go over some upcoming mixed cash game and tournaments in the US. I'll start here as far as mixed cash games. Um we have Mohegan Sun in Connecticut with an 816-08 stud eight cash game that runs. Uh, I also saw, interestingly enough, a low stakes 
crazy pineapple game listed. And I believe I saw it was a go um, one time, um, which is quite different in a casino to see crazy pineapple um, for me anyway, from my experience to see it actually spread in a casino. So um, I have seen it once um, and I think they try to get it going more often, but something to keep in mind if you're interested in playing crazy pineapple in, on the East coast of the U S uh, live. As far as seven card stud cash games, Foxwoods in Connecticut runs a bunch of different limits with a, a number of tables. Um, and they also have a bad beat seven card, bad beat jackpot to keep an eye out on. And then Borgata in Atlantic city has a seven card stud cash game usually runs on the weekend. Uh, and they had a five ten going, but that seemed to be petering out. It's mostly a 20, 40, uh, seven card stud at the Borgata in Atlantic city heading across the country talking stick in Arizona has some mixed games running as well. I'll try to find out a little more about those. And then going across to Las Vegas out in Nevada, there's um, some low stakes mixed cash games at Resorts World. Uh, South Point Casino in Las Vegas also has some 4-8 and 8-16 mixed games and also some mixed tournaments, different days of the week. They have different mixed game tournaments which are usually $100 or $150 buy-in, so not too bad if you want to try your hand there. The Orleans Casino in Las Vegas also has some 4-8 limit, um, usually 08 cash games, and then they usually have some $130 or $150 buy-in horse or uh, an 08 stud 8 rotation mixed game. And again, those each each day of the week or you know several times uh, during the week they run try to run those same tournaments um, from what I've seen. So that's cash games. Uh, go over some uh, mixed poker tournaments up and coming. Uh, Robbie Straczynski's Mixed Game Festival 6 will be happening at Resorts World Las Vegas from November 26th through the 30th. And that encompasses uh, four, eight, and I believe he also has eight, 16 uh limit fixed games it's more or less like a like a dealer's choice kind of game so there's lots of games if you're interested in hearing you know and playing some of the games that we talk about here as crazy as some of them sound um they get played and there are a number of other games that get played in that uh mix as well and it's pretty low stakes so it's a good good chance to try your hand uh and just have a good time with some good folks and uh show robbie some support out there in Las Vegas since he flies in from Israel for this tournament. So it'd be nice to show him that uh, there's a lot of us that care about mixed games in the States and uh, to keep his tournament going. One thing he is adding at this fest uh, at his mixed game festival six in resorts world this year at the end of November will be two actual mixed game tournaments, a $260 buy-in Omaha eight stud eight rotation and a $260 horse which is the five-game rotation of Limit Hold'em, Omaha 8 or Better, Raz, Stud, and Study. Finally, at Caesars Las Vegas, uh, coming up December 4th through December 11th, there's a mixed game series coming up, and that is there's different days between the 4th and the 11th with Omaha 8, a horse tournament, PLO 8, 
a horse championship, an 08 stud eight rotation, an eight game mix event, big O, and then a deuce to seven triple draw event. Now, each of those events, the buy-ins are $500. And I said that for all of them on the last episode. There's a correction here. They're all $500 buy-in except for the horse championship, which is a $1,000 buy-in. So again, not terrible. It's hard to find mixed tournaments, $500 buy-in. Um, I have to give credit. Um, I don't know with certainty, but Alan Kessler is taking credit on social media for helping to set this up. He's also saying that this is one of the lowest rakes as far as uh, tournaments, mixed game tournaments um, for the house to take. I think they're taking like 10% or something like that, but he's saying it's a one of the lower rakes as far as tournaments are going that the house is taking. So um, he's taking credit for it. I, I can't confirm that or deny it, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Caesars Las Vegas for uh, having a mixed game tournament um, several days, you know, for, for seven, eight days with uh, different games each day at $500 price point. That's what we have in the U.S. Martin, what do we have for mixed game players in Europe? Okay, Sean, as we're getting towards the end of the year, there's not much uh, extra being announced uh, for this year in Europe. Um, having said that, as this podcast is released, I'll be packing my bags around then, ready to go to the Festival Series in Bratislava, which runs from the 26th of November to the 3rd of December at the, uh, sorry, at Banco Casino uh, in the middle of Bratislava, right on the edge of the old town. So it's a beautiful town to visit and there's a lovely set of mixed games on the schedule there. And I know that I'm able to look forward to some very very uh, interesting mixed games, cash games while I'm there as well. Um, I mentioned on the last episode that the Norwegian Masters had been announced for the 11th of March to the 15th of March 2024. And it's definitely one for mixed games players to put in their diary to uh, put those dates aside because uh, I have the details of all the events now. It's a pretty interesting mix of uh, tournaments. I'll quickly go through them. There are eight mixed games events which which start this festival off. Number one is a €110 buy-in Big Bet mix, which is a bit of a turbo start to the series with the Big Bet games being No Limit Hold'em, PLO, No Limit Omaha High, Low Eight or Better, No Limit Five Card Draw, and No Limit Deuce to Seven Single Draw. I think there'll be a lot of re-entries in that tournament. Uh, the starting stack is 20,000 chips, which is basically 50 big lines. So that'll be a fast, furious, um, turbo-type event, but it should be a lot of fun. That's Monday, the 11th of March. On the following day, the 12th of March, we start with a high-low mix, a €250 Euro buy-in. And the high-low mix is a, is a mix that you've talked about a few times in terms of it becoming really popular in the US, Sean, it's limit Omaha high, low, eight or better, and limit stood high, low, eight or better. And that's the first time that I remember it being offered as a tournament mix in Europe. So that's quite uh, quite interesting. Actually, I said 250 euro buy-in, plus 30 euros registration, so that's 280 euros. So a little bit more than 10%. So it's actually competitive as far as the fees are concerned as well. Event number three is Dealer's Choice, 
and there's a list of games, about 20 games that you can choose from in the Dealer's Choice event. This is a 350 plus 40 euro registration. Um, and that's a two-day event with a 30,000 chip starting stack. On to the Wednesday the 13th of March, there's a six-game mystery bounty tournament, which is an interesting addition to a mixed games festival. Um, and the mix in the six games uh, is quite interesting. There's Stud, Hilo, Etabetta, Raz, Badugi, Deuce 7, Single Draw, PLO, Hilo, Hate. Pilo, Pilo, Hilo, Eight are better, and for some reason they stuck no limit holding in there. But apart from that, it's a really interesting looking mix. Uh, that's a that mystery bounty is a two hundred fifty euros plus thirty euros registration fee buy in. On the same day, the eight game main event starts, and this is another two day event with a whopping 75,000 chip starting stack, and the buy in is four hundred plus forty euros. Uh, so it's the standard eight game mix. So that's a nice main event for them to have put in there. Uh, the following day, Thursday, the 14th of March, there's the 800 plus 80 euros Hetros Hilo Freeze Out. Hetros is horse with due to seven triple draw added. And if you look at that, combination of letters in the order that Heteros spells out. It's something else we've talked about recently is the fact that the games are split up nicely so that the stud games are all separated from each other. We go flop game, stud game, draw game, stud game, flop game, stud game. So that is a very... Uh, that, that meets my approval, that, that makes for sure. That's a really interesting... And there's a high roller as well. It's not too much out of people's uh, reach with it being 880 euros. So that's a, a nice tournament. On the same day, there's a low ball draw mix, 250 plus 30 euros buy-in. And the low games in that mix are Badugi, Dusa 7 triple draw, Badesi, and no limit Dusa 7 single draw. Finally, on the 15th of March, there's the 10-game mix. Again, a 250 plus 30 euro buy-in. And basically, that's the eight-game games with Deuce to seven single draw and Badugi added in to make the two make the 10 games. So that's a really interesting festival schedule uh, coming up 11th to 15th March in Bratislava next year. That That's at Card Casino in Bratislava. It's a bit, bit further out from the city than Banco Casino, but it's only a, I think it's about a an eight euro taxi ride, not Uber, but Bolt in uh, Bratislava, I think it is. But it's basically a nice cheap taxi ride to get into the city centre to uh, try out the nice restaurants and bars that they have in there. Some exciting, yeah, tournaments uh, with a nice mix of games coming up there, Martin. And I, I like that you mentioned the Heteros. You know, I, an easier name to say would be Theros, like, and think of a Greek god or something. But um, I like that you said that you approve of that. I think we're going to have to put a seal on it. When I mentioned the rake structure, the rakes and the uh, apparently the blind structure, when Alan Kessler 
um, commented about this uh, Las Vegas, uh, Caesars Las Vegas mixed game series that I just spoke about. He said he tagged it as chainsaw approved. I think we're going to have to put a seal of approval on some of our tournaments that we talk about, uh, like poker, all the games approved um, yes. tournament schedule or something. Of that, you know, yeah. So we're big proponents of keeping the flop and stud and, and draw games and having them, them alternate yeah. back and forth to leave it to the skill of the player um, as opposed to trying to uh, trick them from an operational um, standpoint. Yeah, the, the, I think um, another character we should mention here is Tobias Lechness. Um, he's a Norwegian pro, and I think he's president of the Norwegian Poker Association or something. And he's, I'm sure, been very involved in setting up this uh, this this mix, this, this mixed games event series and um i don't know if either party would like would 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 be happy with me saying this but maybe tobias is the european version of alan kessler <laughs> in terms of the way that he influences structures and he influences you know the, the construction of mixed game series but uh, yeah i mean personal personalities aside they they're probably um Probably doing the same job on different sides of the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Tobias might be offended. <laughs> I don't well, know. Maybe Alan, maybe Alan would be offended. I don't know. <laughs> and maybe he would as well. Yes. Uh, uh, from my point of view, I hold them both in high regard, and they should both be quite pleased to be compared to the other. <laughs> yes. So we could say for the one that you mentioned, Hetros, potentially Tobias designed and poker all the games approved. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. If anybody knows of any upcoming non-hold'em tournament tournament events or cash games in Europe or or the US that we don't mention, leave a comment, uh, get a hold of Martin and or I on Twitter or Facebook, um, and we'll uh We'll let our listeners know. It sounds like Martin. One one last thing before we move on that I would do want to mention. It it sounds like a you know wh whether this is true or not I don't know but maybe some folks on both sides of the ocean are listening you know and it, it almost sounds like there's a competition to enact what we discuss in a way you know we talk about sort of changing up the names of the games in a certain order yeah. we're talking about games on both sides of the Atlantic here. And, you know, it, it could be a worldly kind of competition to see who can do better and get mixed games moving forward faster and in a better, more chainsaw approved or <laughs> Martin Smith approved, mm. Tobias designed, however we want to <laughs> go about it, um, sort of facet. Yeah, the competition's um, very healthy, of course, yeah. I, I, I spoke to Frank of the the guy who owns the festival series and, and talked about with him about how he's his his series is really driving mixed games in Europe, but Tobias has really taken the baton and he's uh, surged ahead with this one, I think. And uh, I need to get hold of Franker again and see if he can help Europe to surge to surge ahead with it when when he starts putting his series together for 2024 because I've not seen anything else for that uh, for next year yet from uh, Franca. So uh, I'll yes, have a I word know. with him about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned uh, Franca in the past and uh, sounds like they're doing wonderful things there as well. So yeah, a little friendly competition is uh, usually beneficial for the customer. And uh, we, we like to see that um, coming from the mixed game sides that have been lacking for far too long. And uh, hopefully we can keep this, keep this movement up and running, Martin. You know, something that's just occurred to me, Tobias is from Norway. Franca is from Sweden. And if you've ever sat at a poker table with characters from the two nations, you know that there's a really healthy, fun rivalry always in play. It's always that the, they love to take pots off each other. So I think this this is uh, this is something we could take advantage of. They could really be uh, they could really be at pains to outdo each other as we go forward. <laughs> no Sounds good. Yeah, Sweden. have them. Yeah, feed feed off one another. I like that. All right, let's move on to our recent mixed game play. Since the last podcast, I've played in a couple of home games. Did really well in uh, in the first one and made a small profit in the second one. But in both cases, we played for several hours, over 12 hours on both occasions and played a lot of different variants. Familiar to listeners of the podcast and some that have not been heard about yet. Look for those in the future. Um, online has been mostly frustrating. Run pretty badly in... Uh, Deuce 7 open face Chinese on SWC Poker which has been a significantly better game for me than most over the last 3 or 4 years nevertheless I keep going on um, the Bitcoin Poker Championship on SWC Poker has been running and most of the Binx Games tournaments have been at non-friendly times for Euro players like me but nevertheless, I did play two events. I came nowhere in a 500-chip buy-in Dromaha tournament, but the 500-chip buy-in 12-game tournament, I managed to take that one down. And on the same night, I also won a $4.40 buy-in Pot Limit Badugi tournament on PokerStars. So that's uh, an, an encouraging uptick there at the end of the recent uh, period. Congratulations with your most recent mixed-game success there, Martin. If you want to learn more about mixed games, Martin and I have each written a book. Head over to Amazon for my book, Poker, All the Games, a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games. There you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games, as well as other chapters on why mixed games provide a better edge than hold'em and other things like health and wellness, um, which are important not only in life, but also in playing this game of poker. Martin, why don't you tell us about your ebook? Yeah, my ebook is called Pot Limits Vitan Special. It's also available on Amazon. It's about one specific game. It's a European version of Dromaha. Uh, it takes you right through from the very basic how to deal and play the game, what the rules are. Through the starting hands, every different type of starting hand, all the odds for completing your hands, both the draw hand and the Omaha hand. It takes you through the pre-flop, flop, draw, turn and river stages. It also gives you a quiz section near the end, which can uh, question you your uh, awareness of how well you've learned how to play the different betting rounds and how to 
decide which cards to draw. And then there's a, there's a section at the very end which goes through a few other variations of Svitin Special or Dromaha that I had played at, at that point when I'd written the book. And I'm also working on the hard copy. No ETA on that at the moment, but uh, that is in a work in progress. You can follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R, all the games. It's poker, at poker, all the games, but there's no E in poker because it's too many letters for Twitter. Or <laughs> And or subscribe at pokerchannel.substack.com. And when you see our um, on Twitter, we post these uh, episodes. And or if you go to uh, Substack and subscribe there, uh, hit the like button for us. Send a subscribe um, to pokerchannel.substack.com. And you can also follow Martin at go ahead martin okay my handle is on both twitter and substack is poker for leisure or poker for leisure p-o-k-e-r the number four l-e-i-s-u-r-e so on twitter it's poker for at poker for leisure and on substack it's poker for leisure.substack.com well that's all for episode 40 Archie 2.0. Join us again in three weeks for episode 41, where we will discuss Soko, which is five-card stud finish style, also known as Canadian stud or Scandinavian stud. Thank you for listening to Poker All the Games. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. <laughs>